there are infinite possibilities in the energy we call the universe and all of its forms. There's infinite possibilities. The one you most make agreement one is has more power in your life. She said, could you consider that with infinite possibilities, could there be a possibility that we could do a prayer, maybe scoop up all the, all the toxicity, place it in the kidney that's gonna get removed. And after that kidney is removed, it, and you, you don't get worse. You actually start to get a little better and you get better and better and you get well. Could you believe that? An interesting thing happened for me in that moment that I think would be very important for all of us as listeners. I didn't believe it, but I could tell she did. Hello, hello, High Vibinant homies. Welcome back to another fabulous episode of High Vibinant. We are your co-hosts, Kelsey Aida and Lindsay Robinson, here to help you live your best life. As always, my girl, Lindsay, is a hypnotherapist extraordinaire, even though she calls herself a neighborhood hypnotherapist, but I don't think that gives her enough credit. <laughs> and I am your friendly, best-selling author, and transformation facilitator. So here we are with a new friend who I think y'all are going to love. Her name is Mary Morrissey. She is an international speaker, a best-selling author, and quite frankly, just a dream builder. So we're here to talk to her about whatever is inspired in this conversation today that needs to come through. We always trust that it's the best and most timely advice or medicine or wisdom or whatever it is. And Mary, we're really excited to chat with you. So thanks for being here. Thanks for asking me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Oh yeah, we're excited. Guys, we, we got Mary Morrissey. Okay, so before Kelsey came on the call, I was kind of geeking out a little bit because I've been following Mary, for, I don't know, since 2012 or 2013, maybe even before that, because it was right when I started my hypnotherapy journey, aka my spiritual journey. And she's one of the first names <laughs> that pops up in terms of like creating your own life. And I got on board with these things called mind movies. I'm sure, I'm sure. There's people that know who you are already, but can you uh, kind of give us a rundown of just whatever we want, whatever you think we should know about your journey, how you got here, and what kind of brought you to this work? Well, I'll do a quick five minute uh, then. Thank you for the question. How I began to study transformation and the yeah. end realize, I began to realize there was more going on in this life than I knew. Um, actually started when I was in high school. I was, uh, I had a junior year of, I had a high school experience like most young girls dream about, class vice president. I was on the drill team, had a lead in the junior play. I was a homecoming princess that year. Um, my high school boyfriend who I'd been dating for four years, went off to college, came home on spring break. I get pregnant. So this is my junior year in high school. Um, and the, we had a, uh, telling my parents, my mother uh, wept for me as if I had died. In her mind, all her dreams for me were dying. We had a very hasty 10-person wedding. And a couple of weeks later, the principal called me into his office and said, um, gosh, you know, are these rumors I'm hearing about you true? And I said, well, if the rumors are that I'm pregnant and married in that order, then yes. He just put his head in his hands and he says, Mary, you have terrific honors and great grades, but you will not be allowed to return here for your senior year. It'd be totally, um, it would be totally wrong to put a pregnant girl with the normal girls. But we do have a place for people like you. It's across the river and it's Washington High School during the day and it, without changing the sign, it becomes Washington Evening High School at night where the pregnant girls and delinquent boys go to high school. So that next fall, I drove to a school that uh, was in a part of Portland I hadn't been allowed to drive in after dark. My, my car walked up and as I'm walking up these steps, so I invite you to remember where you were at the beginning of your senior year in high school. I'm walking up these steps thinking, okay, every girl here has a baby or is pregnant. Every guy is some kind of delinquent. This is my new student body. And my son was born in December. I graduated from Washington Evening High School. My dream had always been to be a teacher. And um, classic, I was raised in the 50s. So, so this is now 66. Uh, and I wanted to be a teacher. So I needed a high school diploma or I couldn't go you know, to the university. And I didn't see this as a dead end, but I did see it as a detour. 
So I got my high school diploma and six weeks later, I was in an intensive care ward in a Portland hospital having been diagnosed with fatal kidney disease. This is 1967, dialysis and transplants are not, they're just in the very, very early stages, not available. Uh, and one kidney totally destroyed with nephritis, which is kidney disease, the other kidney 50% destroyed active nephritis and all of the wonderful people who were trying to help me said, we have no hope. If we can get the blood toxin level in your body reduced enough to sustain a surgery to remove that right kidney, maybe you'll have six months. Wow. And I'm laying in this. Maybe then you'll have six months. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking I'm never going to get to see my little boy even walk, let alone go to kindergarten or high school or... And finally, the night before the surgery was scheduled to remove that kidney, a woman walked in my room who identified herself as a chaplain. Now, granted, the God of my upbringing was not a friendly place to go when you felt like you had really screwed up. And clearly I had really screwed up. I had been kicked out of my high school. I had to go to school with delinquents, yeah. which you in a certain class. And my best girlfriends I'd grown up with, their mothers got together and decided their girls could no longer talk to me or see me. So I'd lost a lot of things that had mattered to me. And she walked in my room and she said, I always come and pray with people who want, are going to have surgery the next day. And I do it in the order of the most serious surgery. Your name's at the top of the list. Would you like someone to pray with you? I was scared. It was 10 o'clock at night. And I said, okay, she didn't do anything that looked like prayer. She just pulled her chair next to my bed and said, would you be willing to tell me what's been going on in your life the last year or two, which I suspect both of you do in your work, helping people. Is like let's just look at the pattern of what's been going on she doesn't say that but she says let's talk about what's been going on in your life so i told her my story and then she looked at me compassionately and she said mary everything's created twice uh, what are you talking about it would be like today i would say i had no landing page for that idea <laughs> and i said well, and she says you actually know this in fact, everybody knows this. Almost no one knows the power of knowing that everything is created twice. Then she said the bed you're laying on, the nightgown you're wearing, the sheets, the walls, the ceiling, the floor, and all the machinery you're hooked up to. First, it had to be a thought before it could become a thing. And then she said, I hear how much you love your little boy, but I also hear how much you've been hating yourself. You feel like you shamed your school, you shamed your family, you shamed yourself. And now that you're considering how everything is created twice, could you consider the possibility that there could be a correlation between that toxic thinking and the toxicity that's moving through your body and threatening your very life? Now, this is 1967. There is not a mind-body clinic at Harvard or Stanford or UCLA, um, any of these places. I'm in 19, I am there. I'm in there, in that room with you right now. Like I'm, it's so profound, this moment, is extremely profound. The timing, the words, like I'm feeling, I got goosebumps everywhere. Keep going. <laughs> and so she said, could you consider there is a possibility where we could say a prayer and everything could just be healed by the morning when they come in, they say, you look great. Let's, let's examine you. And they say, go home. You're fine. She says, could you believe that? I said, no, there wasn't one part of me that was going to believe she was going to say some words I believed way more in my pain than this possibility promise she was offering me. She says, okay, if you can't believe this, I want you to think about something. There are infinite possibilities in the energy we call the universe and all of its forms. There's infinite possibilities. The one you most make agreement one is, has more power in your life. She said, could you consider that with infinite possibilities, could there be a possibility that we could do a prayer maybe scoop up all the, all the toxicity, place it in the kidney that's going to get removed. And after that kidney is removed, it, and you, you don't get worse, you actually start to get a little better and you get better and better and you get well. Could you believe that? An interesting thing happened for me in that moment that I think would be very important for all of us as listeners. I didn't believe it, but I could tell she did. And that was the first time in my life where I ever consciously chose to believe a belief that, that someone else held that was actually more life-giving. It was more, at a more expanded vibration than the one I had. And I said, well, I don't know if it's probable, but maybe it's possible. And she latched onto that and said, that's all we need, one corner of your mind open to the possibility. Now, this is before Sheldrake and David Bohm and quantum physics, or Talbot out of Stanford wrote The Holographic Universe. This is before this was common knowledge. But she knew through her more um, metaphysical studies 
that one corner of your mind open to a possibility is all that's required. So I would say to all of us who are listeners today, there's something wanting to happen in your life too. It doesn't require that you believe it completely, but it does require that you keep a corner of your mind open to that possibility and you keep working with that. So mm -hmm. she then did this prayer, imagine scooping all the uh, toxicity. And, and this is where, you know, I think, um, Lindsay, this is gonna make a lot of sense to you. Oh yeah. So she said, um, so here's what I want you to do. After the surgery, she did this little prayer and she said, here's what's gonna happen. You come back from the surgery, you're gonna have pain. Your mind's gonna go to that. But then what's gonna happen is you start to ease the pain. Your mind is gonna want to go down the same well-worn thinking paths it's been on. Mm -hmm. So you gotta notice those thoughts. So the moment you think a self-loathing thought, interrupt it and say, no, that left with the kidney. We're gonna let all the toxicity, all the loathing go away. And then you say, no, that left with the kidney and then do this and immediately imagine that you have a little boy's hand in yours and feel how warm that little five-year-old boy's hand is. And you're walking up some steps and there's a kindergarten class. Cause she had asked me if I could live, what would I do with my life? So that was the first time someone asked me to really hold a future vision. She's not saying these words, but you look at the technology of what she was doing. So I knew immediately, I said, I would become a teacher and I'd raise my little boy. So now she's got me walking the little boy into kindergarten, my little boy, and give him a big hug. And he goes into kindergarten. I hear the click, click, click on my heels. In those days, everybody wore heels. And we went around the corner and there's my first classroom. And then she says, now quickly then fast forward and imagine that you're sitting in a great big stadium or, or um, you know, amphitheater. And there's all these caps and gowns down on the ground and they call your son's name and he goes across and gets his diploma and he's holding it up in the air and you're cheering for him and you're so grateful for all the many moments that you've been there to help him achieve this goal. Then fast forward and you're in uh, the front row of his wedding and he's marrying the love of his life and your teaching career is flourishing. And she said, just keep repeating that. So today I would call what I became an unconscious competent. It wasn't like I was thinking now, if I do this, that's gonna change the chemistry in my body. And I didn't, no, I just did the things she told me to do. And after about, uh, about two weeks still in intensive care, my numbers had started to stabilize. So then they said, well, uh, if this goes on another week, then maybe you could go home. Maybe you're gonna, maybe a week or two till you have to come back to the hospital, but you could enjoy that time with your little boy. I went home in an ambulance. I was so sick. I couldn't hardly get my head off the pillow. And my numbers just started improving. I had to go to the urologist three or four times a week to get numbers checked, but it just kept subtly, little by little, and then more so improving, so much so that at about six months after the surgery, I'm sitting in a hospital conference room with the surgeon, the doctors. The surgeon said, listen, I, I removed that kidney. It was totally destroyed. The other one was 50% destroyed, sh shrunken and pockmarked and he says, we have no science for why that one kidney is today functioning as a perfectly whole kidney. We don't know if, if this will last, how long it'll last, but whatever you've been doing, keep doing it. I just didn't know at that point what I was doing. But my, so that was 55 years ago. So, but I wasn't curious. I was happy to get well, but I was too spiritually immature to get curious about how, how it worked. Till a couple of years later when I was in my undergraduate work and a whole series of things occurred and all of a sudden as if I walked out of an attic of myself found the front door and it was a technicolor world of realizing life is not happening to me life is happening with me and the thoughts I think and the energy I'm holding all of this shapes and moves this invisible energy into shapes and forms I call my results now I can say that better now than of course I could 50 years ago, but that set me on being a thirsty sponge to everything I could find in the field of transformation from studying world's religions, uh, getting uh, ordained, became ordained. And the only way I really saw to teach this in those days was the path of a minister. In those days, if somebody had said, like you, both of you, I'm a coach, it was like, what sport? <laughs> <laughs> the sport of life. <laughs> became a therapist. I got my master's degree in counseling psychology. Um, and I began to build a work. I was my, I first went into elementary classroom teaching because that was my goal. But after a year I went, well, this is not what I want to be teaching people. I want to teach them how to have real results. Got my, did a bunch of therapy and realized the therapeutic model I'd been trained in. 
was always looking in the rearview mirror. And, and even though you gained insight, insight doesn't produce transformation. You, that starts with having a vision of what you would really love. And most of us, when we ask, what would I really love? It, the, the real what we would love gets a lid on it because we translate that into, well, what do I think I can have? And what would I deserve? And really the wrong questions. The, wrong, the right question is, regardless of circumstances, situations, and conditions, what would you really love? And I know that's the work the two of you do with people. It's so again, that's how my work began. And uh, I've had a privilege over the years. I've spoken at the UN three times. I mean, as you do your own growth, all of us, in a way that takes us in the direction of what we love, doors open that you can't even imagine would open. Um, opportunities come that are way beyond in the early days of your dreaming what that might be like. Like but getting Mary on our podcast. I <laughs> swear to God, I manifested it. Like I, I have no doubt because you are like probably one of the, I would say top five people that I really am like, oh, could that happen? And yeah, because she's talking to me, guys. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I promise I'll stop geeking out now. I promise. <laughs> when Dyer used to say to me, we were, you know, all of us who kind of started in this work back then, uh, he would say, Mary, you can count on five, on five fingers. He said, there's people who come kind of pop out. It's popular and watch a year, two, three, they'll, not of all of them stick. I suspect you two are going to have a very, very long, beautiful career helping people because your heart is here. Oh, thank you for that blessing. I, oh, I receive. So many corners of my mind are open to that idea. Not just <laughs> all the corners. We're open. <laughs> I do want to want to touch one more time on what you said. That was actually so important. That you don't have to have. You don't have to jump in with both feet and and believe at once. You know, sometimes I like to say to clients, like, I'll hold the vision with you until you can hold it on your own. Like, that's fine. I will believe in you until you believe that it's possible. All I need is. All I need is you to show up and not be angry <laughs> that you're doing hypnotherapy. <laughs> like if you can come up with a glimmer of hope, that's all we really need because your mind will do the rest. The universe will do the rest. Whatever higher power you believe in, your soul, your spirit, we got you. Like all you need is a little bit. So I'm glad that you said that because it's very important. I find myself sometimes being like wanting to just be 100% in and and judging myself for that percentage of doubt where I think we're all... A work in progress and so just reminding yourself that you don't you don't have to be easy on yourself as long as you can have a glimmer of hope crack the door open a little bit and your life will get so much better <laughs> what an incredible story though mary honestly that i don't know kels that was that's that's a good one that's one it's for a good the storyteller i yeah. can see why you're a best-selling author mary <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I'm glad you brought that up too, because in this law of attraction 101, you have to believe it 100% for it to come true. It's like, no, that's such, yeah. that's such a harsh expectation to place on yourself. It's really hard to believe in something if you're not sure that it can happen. But if you're at least open to the possibility, boom, that's all you need. Yeah. From there, you know, the evidence starts to appear and then you become more open and then more excited and then more hopeful and then more expecting. And then you just naturally move into that space without having to force it onto yourself of this like yeah. believing even if you don't really believe because we have many aspects of ourselves, right? Maybe one part of you is super on board with what you think you want. And another part is just like, I don't think that's possible. I don't want that, you know, so that's okay. <laughs> Very important distinction you just made, Kelsey. We have we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So we have two sides to our nature. Mm -hmm. One is in spirit, there's no resistance to growth, to expansion, to becoming. But in the human nature, which requires us, the love of contrast or duality is how we experience ourselves as humans, because we today we know we're alive because the concept of dead is there, or I feel good because I know what it feels like to not feel good, happy and sad. So through contrast, we generate an experience we call human existence. But, you know, here's the deal. That's not all of our nature in, and also in the human nature. So I use the vertical uh, in, you know, like a vertical uh, line to symbolize my, uh, my spiritual nature, because there's no limit to it. The horizontal line has a birth date and a death date. It, the death date is just an invisible ink, but it's by golly right there for all of us. 
So in the holy and here and now is the only moment of power because it's in this moment of here and now that we can choose whether to grow or to use resistance. See a tree today, that life energy moving through the tree, like it's moving through you and me, a tree has no ability to have resistance. It's just gonna let life press itself out to a greater version of itself. A blade of grass will press through cement seeking the light to become a better version of itself. That same life energy comes into you and me and sends signals of possibilities. But as hum our human nature has the ability to say, no, I don't deserve this, I can't be that, um, now is not convenient. And what happens, none of us are strong enough. This river of life that's pouring into and through us, animating this thing we call our bodies, uh, giving us this day of life. We're not strong enough to stop it. We have free will so we can thwart it. We can say not now, later, but what happens to the river? It keeps flowing. Only now it's diverted into versions of unlived life, which then show up as problems, difficulties, all kinds of um, challenges in our lives, which are simply meant to get our attention because there's something more wonderful mm -hmm. seeing happen with you than you've been having. The holiday season is in full swing. And if you're wondering what you should gift your friends and family, that's not going to break the bank. Consider giving them the gift of a great book. For the journalers in your life, Letters to the Universe is a manifesting journal that will help them to script their dreams into existence. What better gift is there than that? For the baby witches who are new to manifesting and want to learn how, My Pocket Guide to Manifestation is definitely the one for them. And for anyone who could use a little more sunshine and happiness, which is basically everybody, <laughs> Affirmations for Happiness can help there. I'll link to these books in the show notes, or you can just search my name, Kelsey Aida, at any major book retailer and find the books online or in person there. Happy gift giving. Yeah. And, and I love that you said like my dream, if I, if I could get through this surgery and be okay, my dream is to be a teacher and you visualize yourself in a school with little kids. Fantastic. But like you realize and gave yourself permission that okay, well, I like this, but it's not the version that I thought I wanted. And oh my gosh, you're still a teacher, but like, there's no limit to who you teach. You were at the UN for Christ's sake. I mean, you, you, you're a teacher, you are a teacher in the strictest definition of the word for the world. And it's just funny how, I, you know, we, ha we all have dreams where we think it's what we want. And I think it's just as important to give yourself permission to change your mind. If, if, and the, the, and the learning, I mean, it, that because I said yes to the dream, that, that dream was real. I, yeah. I went into that and then exactly. there was part of it I loved and part of it I didn't love. So that, that leads me down to the next one and the next one and the next one. And that's better and better and better. It's just growth. As long as you give yourself permission to do that. And I think a lot of us don't, you know, we've been taught to like find the one thing that'll make you happy and that's it. You found it. Okay. Be okay with it now. And it's like, well, settle. what if, if I change my mind? Settle and stay stuck. Yeah. Did you, I, I have to ask, cause this is how my brain works, but did you ever see that woman again or talk to her or does she After, know how important her I work is? First work. That was in 1967. I didn't open my first work teaching until 1981. So there was a long oh. study and getting my degrees and doing all of that. Then after I opened my first week, or first work teaching transformation, and it was in the form of, a, of I opened a church. There were 22 people the first time, and then eight people the next week, uh, and um, being willing to do what's required to do the thing. Yeah. So I was doing therapy all week long to earn mm -hmm. my part of the income. We now have four kids. Uh, and, um, and we were, I was in that first marriage for 27 years. We were kids when we got married and as we matured, it was clear it was so much of who we were, we're not on the same wavelength except loving our kids and mm -hmm. really supportive to each other. So in midlife, we released each other from, I never saw it as a failed marriage, it no. completed marriage. And now, I mean, the same thing that was going on when we lived together is happening. I mean, we are great friends, we support our kids, we show up at the events, we hug. I mean, it's just a, a kind of friendship that's been a forever lifetime friendship in my life. So I'm grateful mm -hmm. for that. Yeah. Aww, yeah. I love that. I'm married to this wonderful man who, if you have eight cylinders you can hook up on, we got all eight. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and wonderful. how did you two meet? Well, we met in 1984. 
I was uh, speaking and we would run into each other. He, he's been a professional singer his whole life. And uh, he was married to a singing partner who was the mother of his kids. And um, I loved that. I liked them. You know, I didn't know them very well, but the, I would be in these large conferences speaking and uh, they'd be singing some great, great voices. And then uh, I heard in 99 that his wife had passed away, but I didn't know him, so I didn't reach out. And then in 2005, um, the organization he was with was hiring keynote speakers and they hired me. And um, it just spark started happening. It's <laughs> how it happens, people. That's amazing. And it's I think that's so another good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's another good point too, of like not everybody you come in contact with is a forever person. And the hard pill to swallow is it doesn't matter who they are. Maybe they're, they're here to teach. We're here to learn. We're here to teach and they're here to learn. So it's like, we're all on our own journeys and just the same as you need to give yourself permission to change your mind with careers, with goals, with dreams. You, you can also give yourself permission to, as you evolve and as you raise energetically and vibrationally, so some people aren't going to be able to come with you and it's just because that's their journey and and that that's okay to too bad, and there doesn't always have to be a bad guy i mean sometimes you, you absolutely credit somebody who isn't who you thought they were but most often you don't have to have a, it doesn't you don't have to make a bad guy you just harvest the good no go with the rest harvest the and, good, I, and move on yeah you're allowed i always say this like you're allowed to take every bit of value from every experience you've had. Like I would say, don't throw out the whole experience because it felt bad, but also it doesn't always have to be bad. Like I could only hope to have a relationship, not that I'm married, so happily married, but this is not going to happen to me. But if I were, I could only hope to have it be as mature and amicable as yours seems to have been, because that I you think shows a lot of growth. It was when I left, it was not immediate. It took right. several, <laughs> several years of just- That would have been a miracle. Of an acceptance and, you know, it, the loved one. So, yeah, yeah. As we're talking about this, I want to just make sure, listener, there's three phases, actually four phases, but three active phases to dream building. Most people have dreams, but the art and science of dream building is something that I can describe it in two or three minutes to you, but it'll make sense, particularly to you too, because you do your own version of this work. No dream can come true if you don't dream it. So dreaming isn't, what do I think I can have? What does my education say I can have? What does the economy say I can have? It's not condition-based. It's based in a much higher vibration called love. So you don't ask, what do I think I can have? Or the economy say I can have? It's what would I love? And most of us are not, we have not been trained to ask that question. So we come at it more from a logical, which is a limited, limiting version of who we can be. Or my, I, I went into, I invested all that money and this degree, I just got to keep doing that thing. But if it's not life-giving, the cost of that will be immense. So what would I love? And you have four domains of life where you're, right now you have results anyway, and you're going to have results if you just keep breathing, health, relationships, vocation, time, and money, freedom. That's your freedom quadrant. How much real abundance can you have? How do you make welcome that? So you create a vision in all four areas. That's blueprinting. You want a dream house? It, the blueprint dictates what that house is going to be like. And then what I call bridging. So if, if I have a dream usually i'm the person thinking i want to get to that dream but the physics of it is if you know it with your telephone you know it with your tv if you're watching a program called cnn constantly negative news <laughs> uh, and you want discovery or you want romance or you want home and garden whatever you hallmark <laughs> hallmark okay you want romance <laughs> so you can't keep tuned to CNN and have romance be on the pictures of your life. They're not on the same frequency. So when do you get those pictures before you change the frequency or after you change the frequency? After you change the frequency, a lot easier to do in a remote control than in a patterns of thinking that we were raised in or grew up in or have adopted. So the, then the, how do you interrupt your thoughts to be able to put them on the frequency that's harmonious with the result you want or an exact match for that. And that's a process and it's the science of it. So the art is in the visioning, the science is in the vibration. And the way you activate that vibration is actually a very simple thing. You're holding a vision 
you put yourself on that vibration of you're brushing your teeth anyway what thoughts am i thinking while i'm brushing my teeth or doing dishes or the mundane things we all do the person who is bringing that dream into existence is thinking thoughts of being the person having that versus being the person trying to get to it as long as i'm trying to get to it there's a gap and i'm in lack but the moment i just imaginally which is why both of your work is so important when i move it to it imaginally i can begin to feel it now my logic is going to say well that's not happening right now and you know it isn't on the other hand while you're looking at all the things that are not a match to your dream you can simply say to yourself this is just what it looks like while well, this my blueprint my dream my vision is all coming together and you lose much of your resistance by doing that but the but the important step blueprinting bridging and then building means that every single day i'm taking at least one baby step in the direction of the dream through action because the vision sets the vibration the bridging holds the vibration but the action is where the circuit gets completed you could have a house where it's fully to to code wired you could have all the lamps plugged in and all the bulbs working and still you don't have a flow of electricity that gives you luminescence where you want it and that's because there's no ground wire that's where the circuitry moves and so you want your dream to not just be a great vision but you want it to be a great life so it requires blueprinting bridging and then the building is the little action steps and most of us think i have to do these great big things baby steps get you all the way up mount everest if you just keep taking them so it's what step can i take today in five minutes that would be in the direction of my dream or 10 or an hour and you start moving molecules and you start changing results plus your attractor fields are right in line with the very things you want this is why mind movies are so powerful because You've said so many images and symbols, and that's how the mind communicates. Every mind communicates in images and symbols. However, you personally see those images and symbols is different for everybody, but it's very, very powerful work. I love, I'm just ticking every time you say uh, an image, I'm like, there's another one. There's another one. <laughs> it's incredible. Can you, can you say one more time in your story, you mentioned uh, I want to hear, I want to hear how you said it, but something about there are infinite possibilities. The one that happens is just the one you agree with more. Is that the what? You, the one you make most agreement with. Most agreement with. And those little steps. You make agreement with problems. It's easy to make agreement. Right. This is the reason it's not going to work out or, yeah. or I deserve it. I mean, just things we make up um, but the, because they seem real to us. So yeah. the possibility you make most agreement with, what does that mean? It's the vibration you're in harmony with more often than any other vibration. So and that's, the good news is you don't have to be perfect at it. It's just have that vibration even a little more than the vibration of your current life. And you're going to see massive, huge, wonderful changes happening. Yes. Yeah, that, that hit we me. Tell people that. Yeah, that hit me because I certain things that are said in certain order just really like hit home when they maybe wouldn't have a month ago. It's like you have to be in the right place at the right time to hear it in the right way. Uh, and that for me was like, oh, yeah. There's, there's infinite possibilities. Which one of my ingredients was more? And those baby steps that you talked about, those five minutes a day, how can I make an agreement with this vision that I want? How can I be 1% more in vibration with that thing that I want versus yesterday? And that's really all we have to do, people. <laughs> that's so, it sounds so simple and it really is. But yeah, I, like the, I liked how you said that because I think it would land on some ears a little bit uh, different. So one other thing you can do to boost that for yourself is keep listening to this program because you're hearing conversations sure. that are of a particular vibration yeah. those are expansive once you begin to notice i'm in a conversation i start to feel contracted that is a conversation that's going mm -hmm. to lead you down the path of contraction so change the conversation just be careful who you really hang out with a lot because the conversations you're in have a have a vibration to them and we can get seduced to think that that's really how things are so stay um protect your vision protect that wonderful life that's seeking mm -hmm. to with you it's precious it's sacred and it matters not just to you but it matters in ways you can't even imagine it mattering in the whole constellation of how things work 
Yeah, especially the dream. Like if you have a dream in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, it's usually not there for no reason, right? right? I At first, when I learned about the love attraction, I was like, oh, we are coming up with these dreams and then we make them manifest, right? But then I was like, well, what if the things that we want to manifest, what if our genuine desires are actually just premonitions of our destiny and we're just tuning into that via the modality of dreaming? And we think, oh, this is some dream because we don't feel it physically yet. But really, it's just like a download of your future that you're meant to have. So if you let yourself dream that dream, maybe you will come into your destiny a little bit faster. So I think there's so much value to dreaming. And in this day and age, we just poop, people just poo poo on it because they don't think that certain things are possible for them. And then even if it is out of love, they'll be like, oh, don't dream too big. What if it doesn't happen? We don't want you to be disappointed. And it's just like, guys, (laughs) let's just give ourselves permission here (laughs) to dream the dream. If you have a dream, dream it. It's okay. There's so many things. There's so many things in my life that I've told people I want to do, and they just like what? What do you mean? And those are the things because I don't know. I always chalk it up to just me being an Aries, but I'm like, okay, now I'm going to do it twice. (laughs) But like the only my biggest obstacle is myself. Like if somebody tells me I can't do it, then I'm going to do it twice. But if I think I can't do it, boom, because nobody's more like influential to you than yourself and Your highest authority you, yeah. you don't want it dreams in the beginning are very fragile so you want to be very careful the altar of someone else's opinion or approval <laughs> right not the place to put your dream because mm-hmm. you're already dealing enough with with your own doubt you don't need to inherit somebody else's telling absolutely. you absolutely yeah. Ooh, you're already de- you don't need to inherit other people's doubt guys oh that's good i like that don't inherit that Yes, protecting your dreams and or sharing them with the right people who you know will be supportive and hold the vision with you. Yes, that's what we need. That's why we're here, you know, high vibing it, y'all. We believe if you have a dream out there, I'll just tell you right now, I believe in your dream. Yeah, we'll hold it for you. Now you have two, possibly if Mary's on board, which I know she is, three minds on that vision, (laughs) three whole minds on that vision. That's three more than you had a second ago. So there you go. That's right. I mean, Uh, when you were talking about that, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mary. Say so just for a moment. Pick one thing you would absolutely love that you don't have right now. And because we're in a quantum field, the infinite knows what your what vibration you're holding right now for yourself. So imagine something you would absolutely love in your life that you currently don't have. And then notice that when you imagine living that, having that, being that, do you feel more expanded? Oh yeah. I feel like I could go for a run. Would you yes. listen if you would love it? So know this, that the infinite, which is responsive to the vibration we're emitting, has heard you and is responding to you right now. So the more you just stay on this frequency, you're going to see all kinds of responses, surprise support, openings out of the blue, um, what we humans call out of the blue. It's, it's Where is the blue? It's right here. So, yeah. You've got these two, and I'll join two at a distance. <laughs> you have these two who will 100% believe with you and for you. Mm-hmm. This is a safe place to come. And oh, be yeah. for your dreams and be supported in that. That's often very rare in this world. Oh, Mary. Feel so seen. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe in the Patreon, Kels, we'll share what we were envisioning because. Okay. Mine's, share maybe mine's so visually beautiful i can see it already i'm like it was mine <gasps> wait <laughs> can't wait okay yeah we'll share those later we'll share those later a little teaser for mary's y'all. book yeah mary can you please tell us about your new book as i'm sure you've written many wonderful books and um yeah, one yeah of my let's books, start there let's start there my first book was called um building your field of dreams and it was uh, published in 1996 with uh, simon and schuster and that book became a national bestseller and it became a PBS special. Um, and it was my understanding at this point, the best I knew about the art and science of transformation. Well, I've been studying a lot more years now. And so I wanted to codify everything I had learned in the 50 years of my study and the 40 years of my teaching. And that's what I put together in the book called Brave Thinking. I'm the founder of Brave Thinking Institute, uh, which is we are in 152 countries helping people have lives they love. 
and I'm, I'm very grateful for this new particular piece of work. And we're going to make it available to you today with a lot of bonuses, I think, to support the work that's going on here. And um, yeah, so it's very simple and it's a book um, that you can progress with. And it's, it's a dream building philosophy and technology uh, that helps you make changes where you want to make changes and bring in things you never thought you could have. Mm, yes. Where is your stance on the word? Do you use this word? Do you like this word? Do you dislike this word of manifesting? Well, manifesting is not an option. It's not like, oh, I got <laughs> manifesting. Just by breathing, you're going to be in a vibration. Tagline for the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have a choice about whether you're manifesting results in your life, it's, but you have very much a choice about what they're going to be. And they're going to be exactly on a match of the frequency you're holding and breathing and operating in the conversations that you engage in. They're, they're, most humans uh, find some kind of, it's, 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 we're unaware when we do this delight in the ain't it awful conversations uh, versus just claiming as you do when you're holding visions with uh, all the people you help is let's focus on what's right today you know let's focus on how we can give today that you put yourself in an expansive vibration you can't help but have expansive results hey lindsay here have you seen what's new inside my align your mind membership members already get instant access to my best hypnotherapy audios mindset hacks manifesting methods and more on demand right at their fingertips but now when you join AYM you'll also get a major VIP level upgrade with my brand new goal-focused hypnotherapy toolkits these toolkits inside AYM are carefully curated hypnotherapy bundles designed with your specific goals in mind whether you desire to call in more money consistently get out of the mindset rut that you're in renew your passion and confidence manifest with more ease and power, cultivate more self-love and inner knowing, or finally release the burdens from your past and heal. Once your subconscious mind is on board with your goal, it's a done deal. And that's what my toolkits are designed to do for you. So if you're ready to rewire your mind, release what's holding you back and manifest your desires with ease, the AYM membership is where it's at. Just hit the link in the episode description and start embodying your highest potential. Then when you amplify that with a crystal clear vision, and you apply the art and science, um, life just becomes such a great adventure. Mm, it does. I, I can definitely attest to this. I'm curious because I'm like hearing this, like I'm getting like a psychically attacked from the people listening who are like, okay, this sounds really great. I love it. I want to be able to do that, but I feel very stuck in a negative thought loop. Like how can I interrupt and get to that place where I can be more open and be more positive and have better expectations in my life? What advice or practice or perspective can you offer those people who feel really stuck in a, a really negative momentum? Yeah, well, you're talking to a woman who almost died from that. Um, the negative self-loathing, uh, whatever it is, whatever version of that there is. So be kind to yourself. You're not going to beat, beat it out of yourself. So, you know, more negativity does not change it. So be kind to yourself. Oh, you know, here's that thought again. Don't make it my thought. The moment you shift it from mine, mm -hmm. now I've got some distance on it. It's all that same thought pattern again. Okay. Then one of the things you can do, many, many, you know, my background, it, of course, was in psychology and uh, getting deep, deep work in the different varieties of, of psychotherapy. Uh, there was a man when Freud and Jung were around uh, that was out of uh, Paris and all of them doing their work. This person had more healings and more transformations than anyone. People were traveling from far and wide to come and get an appointment with him. Uh, he had a very simple solution for exactly that question is I keep wanting this, but I keep doing that. I keep, you know, and I, I'm just stuck with this. And he would say, you do this at least three times a day, go to the mirror, look yourself in the eye and say every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. He says, you won't believe it and you won't feel it, but you say it anyway. And then you keep doing that. And pretty soon your subconscious is going to pick up on this. And you're going to start to see, wow, I'm, I am feeling better. And it's not because of something. I'm not feeling better because this happened or that happened. It's not an if and when and uh, feeling better. It's that it's just a generativity of a more well-being. You start to notice that your thoughts 
are being softer, that kinder with yourself, that you're open to more new possibilities, that this is the natural result of you just simply not fighting the old pattern, but just laying down new track every day and every way. I'm getting better and better. His name is Neil Kuei became very, very famous. Uh, I've used that over many, many years with myself, with my clients, with all the many wonderful people I have opportunities to be with. Ooh, yes. We love a good affirmation on high like, vibing it. Mirror work does not mess around. Mirror it work is serious business. If you, st- if you can stand in the mirror and look yourself in the eye and say anything, <laughs> you're doing good. Like I, I will... I look, I love myself. I like myself. I'm pretty great. I know that. But even me, if I look myself in my eye and I say like, I love you. I like, I want to giggle. Like, (laughs) it's like, even for the ones that practice it, mirror work is very potent work. So if you can look in the mirror and say every day and every way I'm getting better and better. uh, Yeah, that that'll do it. Relieve yourself of the, of the requirement that you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. yourself in the mirror saying I love you and oh this whole part of you feels like oh. <laughs> that's that's the natural thing that's going to happen is that everything unlike that in you must and does rise up to the surface mm-hmm. so you can release it and replace it or repattern yeah. with a different different thought so you can't change anything you're not aware of so the point of that's what I said earlier in this holy here and now the only point you can really bring real transformation to is in this here and now so mm yourself in the mirror do your best and just do it a few days and do it for 30 days I mean do it for three times a day for 30 days and you're gonna you know Napoleon Hill said the same thing when Andrew Carnegie told him to stay in affirmation and he just felt like a fraud at first I mean that's the natural thing that you're going to be feeling it's normal Mm -hmm. but as you keep leaning into a different vibration thought it's almost like you turn around and now you're having these thoughts Uh, but you couldn't you can't fight the old pattern you have to replace it Yeah. And that's a good affirmation because it's in the vibration of like becoming because you're saying every day in every way, you know, I'm getting better. I am better. I'm being better. So it's like open to transformation, opening you to transformation. And even if you don't believe it, it's not a lie, because if you're doing that affirmation, clearly that's your intention. So clearly on some level, it has to be happening. So I like that because yeah, a lot of times um, the fake it till you make it approach doesn't always work because you feel so fraudulent and you can't get past that. But in this case, even if you are feeling a little bit of like weirdness around it, it still is true on some level. So you're not lying, even if you feel weird <laughs> at the beginning. I always have to do, I am becoming, I am open to, I'm willing, uh, every day I'm getting better at acknowledging those, those are the only kind I can do. Cause if I sit there and say, I am a millionaire, it's just not, not gonna, you know, so we always recommend Kelsey and I anyway, always recommend that I am becoming, I am becoming, I am open to is a good one too, because those are process words and it's, we're all, yes, yes, we're all in the process. Yeah, it's most effective. Yeah. Uh, well, Mary, I love everything that you have said so far and your whole vibe and your whole energy. And I'm just honestly feeling the love and support just from having this fun conversation with you about dreams and living your best life, which is like one of my favorite things to talk about ever. So super exciting. Um, Can you please tell people more about how they can work with you, where they can absorb more of your medicine, um, where they can get your new book, anything you want to share with our people before we head over to the Patreon? All right. Well, first, we'll start with the book. It's called Brave Thinking. So we all been trained in common hour thinking. Common hour thinking is if then, if I want this, but I have to have all this in place before I can have it. It's We've all been trained in common sense thinking, but brave thinking is different. So common, common hour thinking is looking to circumstances, situations, and conditions for who you can be, and what you can have, and what you can do. Brave thinking, on the other hand, because you're coming from a dream, not getting to it. Brave thinking is the courage to live and act from a vision, regardless of circumstances, situation, and conditions. Easy to say, not so easy to do. So this book helps you unlock a power that's in every one of us to live a life we love. So you can find it at briefthinkingbook.com. You can order a copy. And when you do order a copy, uh, you're going to get three bonuses. 
The first is designing a life you love guided meditation that I put together for you. Uh, the other is our brand new 100 common hour thoughts and how to transform them. And then third is winning the battles of the mind, which is an affirmation collection. And I heard you say you like affirmations, so you can find wonderful ones there. Yay. Oh my gosh. So generous. Thank you. I have the link here and I will be linking it in the show notes for everybody listening. So make sure to check out the show notes. You can just go and click the link. You don't even have to remember it. It'll be right there. Super easy. Um, anything else you want to share with our people? That we do three times a year. I do, I do many, many trainings that are uh, client-based, but three times a year I do a public um, um, gathering. That's a three-day training in, in dream building. And it's, it's you come one way and you're going to leave another way. Did not in, we do one in person that's in May, but January, great time, uh, front of the year. So you can look at the um, the Dream Builder event. But you go to find me, go to bti.com, breathinkinginstitute.com, and look around, uh, reach out, be happy to help with whatever you uh, are longing to create. Yay. We love that. Thank you. Thank you for helping people make their dreams a reality because I know as someone who has suffered from depression for multiple years of their life, used to, I learned that the number one thing is quality of life. Survival is fine, but quality of life is really where it's at. That's the only way you're going to be happy and fulfilled. And I really believe that we are meant to have the best quality of life possible. And of course, people like you, me, Lindsay, we are needed sometimes to help bridge that gap when people get stuck or they don't know how to create that, right? So I just want to say thank you for helping people to align themselves with their best lives so we can have more happy people, more peace on earth, oh. more heaven on earth, and all the good vibes. I'm hang on, hang it. on. Hang on. Just imagine what would happen if we had more happy people. <laughs> Sounds so simple, but oh my gosh. We're just more happy people, more just genuinely happy people. Oh, that's Lindsay, the vision that was, I'm holding. That, Lindsay, that was a deep share you just did, sharing your journey and what you found. And I mean, you're just radiant today. So it's wonderful to see that. Yay. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for joining us. We're going to head over to the Patreon for a few moments. For anyone who is not in our Patreon, come hang out with us over there at patreon.com slash high vibe. That's where you can support the show for just a few bucks a month. And in return, you get to watch each episode. They're a little bit longer. We often pull Oracle cards for you guys. Just keep the conversation flowing even longer so you get more of our beautiful guests. And it's a fun spot. So come hang with us there. And until the next episode, we love you so much. Dream big. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Thank you to everybody who has left a review and shared the podcast with friends and family. We super appreciate it. It really helps the show a lot, especially because our goal is to get over 1 million downloads before the end of 2023. And we definitely need and appreciate your help to do it. You can further support the show by joining patreon.com slash high vibe to get exclusive content, extended episodes, bonuses, and more. Thanks again for listening. We love you so much and we'll be back next week with another new episode. Bye. Bye.